Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was going to call this podcast the... Uh, Secondary Scoring Woes Podcast Part 12, because that's all we've been talking about every week, it seems. I mean, outside of, yay, they started 8, 2, and 1, and blah, blah, blah. Here we are. And uh, it's looking a lot like last year, except uh, we have James Neal, fortunately, instead of Milan Lucic, 10 goals instead of, Milan had what, one goal by this time last year? There's only five Oilers have scored an even strength goal this year. Five Oilers. They played twelve games, and two of them were defensemen. And right? one was a uh, one was a four on four. That was Nygaard from Hawes off the faceoff. That was a four on four. Neil, Cassian, Leon, and Connor McDavid are the only forwards that have scored an even strength goal. Twelve games. Then. <sighs> I'm just gonna shake. <laughs> That's not hear this part. This is me shaking my head. <laughs> That's not very good. What is a what is a general and manager Florida, or coach do? Florida had three goals from their third and fourth line players yesterday in a six three game. Yeah, it's worse than last year. It's like, worse. It's I agree with Rob. It's worse. They have the like it's 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 maddening to people because they have the piece the two pieces in place that organizations wait wait generations for two of the top five or six players in the entire league at the height of their game and it's just no help at all like the, you can't find the the supporting cast you, those are the easiest players to find like find a third and a fourth line winger who can kick in eight goals a year 10 goals a year and you got suddenly six tobias readers plumbing around out there accomplishing nothing i mean they've been they've been good on the power on the penalty kill which is which was it was a major issue last year it was it was sinking this team so they've shored that up to a very large degree and then you know, a lot of those guys are playing those sort of, you know, even minutes where you, you know, you don't score, but you don't get scored on for the most part. The last game, they, you know, everybody got scored on. The entire team was a minus, but that's not sustainable. You need, you need help. You can't have four guys doing all of your scoring. And it's not even a small sample size. We're 12 games in, you know, that's a, that's a chunk of the season already. And, and these guys haven't turned a wheel offensively and it's just. It's going to weigh down on your top guys. Matthew Barnaby was was talking to Reed Wilkins last week, and he said, "I don't care if you're a bottom six player. If you if you work break it down to five game segments, I don't care how many minutes you're getting. If you're getting eight nine minutes a game, you have to get at least a point or a goal as a role player. You can't just go ten games without no, nothing. If you're getting nine minutes a game, that's plenty of minutes." You know, you're not always just killing penalties. That's pl- and you're playing against third-pairing defensemen. You should be able to get some 
something. And I think the bottom six players are, it's almost like bottom eight or nine because there's more than just six guys playing the bottom six with the Oilers. There's no shots either. If you look at it, you know, they've played 12 games, eight shots, you know, nine shots. What, you know, not even getting one a game. And, you know, it's a little tough to, if you're not providing any offense. And I agree with Rob. They kill penalties well, and that was certainly an Achilles. And I think, I think they, they're better defensive players in the bottom six now than before. But anytime you go into a season and you, you're looking at role players, you say, you know, he scored, we're counting on him getting 12. Or he got 19 one year, so we're counting on him getting 15 or whatever. It does not work with bottom six players. Maybe they had one good year, like Marcus Granlund. He got 19. Josh Archibald got, you know, 12. Um, I, I, you know, the one player in the bottom six who is is very disappointing is Jujarikara. I mean, he's he's got more offensive ability than a lot of the guys in the bottom six. You know, but he's just kind of morphed into just, you know, he kills some penalties and he's out there, but there's no offense. That's 60 games last year, 12 this year, 72 games, three goals. And he's better than that. I mean, he should be with his size and stuff. Or yeah. maybe he's not. Well, I don't know. I, he, he might be one of those guys that the, the way the game is evolving has kind of left him behind a little bit. Like when it was, uh, you know, it was more physical and, and cycling and, and, you know, he could use his, you know, a little bit of fighting and a little bit of hard hitting. And he was kind of like a poor man's Lucic. You know, he played the, a rugged game. And now that it's a speed game, not that he's a slow guy by any stretch of the imagination, but you just don't notice him out there. He's Maybe not. he'd be more valuable once you got to the playoffs when yeah. when when it's there's a little bit more work yeah. along the boards and the games are tighter and such like that. You have to battle but through more. You have to yeah. battle through more. But in the regular season where it's, I mean, I, I thought it was ev- very obvious yesterday that Florida seemed quicker. Their mm-hmm. bottom six guys were faster and, you know, they created some stuff. Well, it just becomes this black hole. Like how many years in a row that you, they bring in a guy who he scored 12 on this team or he scored 14 on this team and he comes to Edmonton and just nothing. And it's again the same thing. You know, Archibald kicked in a few and Grandland and these guys, they come here and it's just, no, sorry, everybody's everybody's Tobias Reader. Or, you know, they just, I don't know what it is, but they're just. And once you've got through the first month and you're not scoring, it's not suddenly the light bulb just doesn't go on and suddenly he scores six the next month. You know, usually get through the first month, and that was that way with Reader last year. And we kept thinking, "Oh, he's he's proven he can score." Well, he didn't score. And then the harder it goes for role players who haven't scored, they're not skilled to score goals. So, you know, if if they go a long time without scoring, they just lose their hands completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they this team doesn't roll four lines. They they over they overplay the top guys significantly. Those guys are in the twenty two, twenty three you know, 24 minutes sometimes. And then, you know, you've got your second line on top of that and there's not a lot of crumbs left over. So you don't get in a rhythm, but it's also a chicken and an egg thing. If they were more effective and, and beating their line, you know, the other team's third line or fourth line, one, nothing, you're going to get, you're going to get ice time. So. It's almost yeah. like the coach is, is caught in a, in a, a real bind here. He's, he, McDavid and Drysdale are so good together. You don't want to break them up. But maybe he just has to play three centers, and and it was best three centers play with all with whatever wingers they are, mm-hmm. and maybe they can drag wingers who can't score into scoring more. 
Well, you kind of, I was going to well, jump it, in and say, there's to me, there's four things the owners can do. They can either A, break up, try Sullivan McDavid, have the three centers with Nugent Hopkins center the three lines. Number two, you know, and, and throw everything into a blender and see what happens. Two, you call some guys up from Bakersfield who might be showing something down there, or, or maybe not. Who knows? One of Joe Gambardella, Tyler Benson, Cooper Marodi, Kato Yamamoto, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that provides you a spark, although they've tried, they're trying that. Well, they called it Gagne here last week. Maybe, maybe not. That works. Number three, I mean, it's probably too early to make a trade to try to do something. Or number four, there's medical. There's got to be a truth serum or some kind of serum that <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, what does a coach do? You can only drag so much out of guys who just aren't goal scorers. You know, they just don't, they don't have the facility for creating. And I, I think, I guess you could play three centers. And, you know, Nugent Hopkins then would be stuck with not very much. Um, you know, one of those, here you go, here you go, Nugent. You know. Well, you know, you've got Alex Chase on in the line. Well, the and Alex is, Alex, is fighting at him. Alex is fighting it himself. Mm-hmm. We're almost through October and he hasn't scored a goal. You know, last time, last year, this time, he missed the first five games and he scored every game till the yeah, end of the month. A few, even Cassian dropped off three goals in the first three games and, and nothing since. And, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins has one goal, but it's on the power play. He hasn't scored an even strength goal. So they're doing it on the power play yeah. and they're killing the penalties well. Five on five, I don't think they're playing. They're pretty average, but their power play is is helping them out in their goaltending. I almost was going to say it's too bad there's a salary cap, but, you know. Yeah. You know, you solve your problem by finding somebody's high-priced, underperforming, one-time, multi, well, another James. They're not going to bring up Kyler Yamamoto unless he has somebody to play with. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not a great, he needs a good center to get him the puck and do some stuff. Well, you've got three centers. <laughs> well, if you want to play that way, then you bring you could bring Yamamoto up, I guess. But I don't think they want to. It's very rare that somebody comes up from the AHL and saves the NHL team. That's sure. It's, it's a different. You know, and Tyler Benson is, like, is quite a good player, but gun? he's a he's a passer. What bullets does Ken Holland have in his gun? To, Once to all use? of his defensemen are healthy, there's a trade to be made there. You mm-hmm. know, you add, cause the defense has been okay so far, and then you add, you know, Larson and, and you know, now Parison's injured to that mix. Suddenly you have something that you could move. I don't know what you would get back for it, but they just need, again, a halfway decent player who can score 12 to 14, 15 goals, which they thought they had wow. three or four of those guys, and apparently that wasn't the case, so... And this is what the happens trades when you usually trading happen away. in the summer anyway. The trades don't happen in season. It's tough to it's tough to make a trade for trade's sake, although Pittsburgh seems to be able to do it. You know, all of a sudden they trade it, you know, for Tanner Pearson or somebody like that on another team and it's not is a f- actual forward. But you know, I think what's gonna happen in the summer is that that the Toronto Maple Leafs are gonna come to the Edmonton Oilers and say We'll trade one of your our good offensive forwards for Darnell Nurse. Give him Larson. Just make that trade or, finally even or, out. Or, can... or somebody with some grease to his game because Toronto doesn't have any right. grease. Which Larson would be perfect for. He yeah. plays a really physical. He's a good hard nose. So hard I think that's what will happen. But in season, it's tough to suddenly get better. I don't. You know, 
and you know we're we're slagging a team that's eight three and two, you know. That's well, based with, off with, two with, of these last with, three games. Well, well I've lost three of the last four actually, but but you know there's an all. I looked at the standings yesterday, and there's there's fifteen teams six and five, five and four, you know five and five. I mean the whole most of the league is around five hundred. Even good teams are only two games over five hundred. Well, they were they were talking on the radio. I don't know where like on on the Oilers broadcast that. Uh, and I don't know where they got the stat from, but it's legit. Like, in terms of strength of schedule, the Oilers had the 29th. Uh, easiest. Easiest because yeah. the, the teams are playing 29th hardest, month. I guess, would be the thing. Okay. So they, they were playing, you know, I think only, I don't know, number two or three of the teams they've played so far are above the playoff cut line. So, you know, like like everybody's been saying, they've done really well with the opponents that were put in front of them, but, you know. And they're, they're going on the road and playing teams that aren't either. They're, I mean, they're going to play... Detroit, they're three and eight and one, and then Pittsburgh's seven and five, and Columbus is like five hundred. So they're not exactly going to play Stanley Cup threats there either. So the first month is pretty easy. No, they're not facing their divisional juggernauts like Vegas or San Jose or even well, Calgary they should yet. be playing. I'm sure they wish they were playing San Jose right now. San Jose's not playing very good. Yeah, there's not a lot of teams that are really at the top of their game. And now St. Louis is screwed because uh, Tarasenko's shoulder, I just heard that he's out. So I mean, well, Maybe everybody's saving it for the second half of the year, yeah. like the Blues. Uh, not, I'm kidding, but no one wants to start your year off like that ever, because it generally doesn't work that way. And the owners do have injuries, but until those injuries are to 97 and 29, I don't think it matters. I mean, all these other injuries, they're just injuries per se. I mean, they've got some players hurt, but they're not they're not the players that are driving the bus. So realistically, I mean, the owners are going to have to obviously rearrange the deck chairs. I'm not going to call it the Titanic just yet because there's still 70 games or so to go. But, you know, if you're trying to find a, the right mix, I mean, this is not, this is not new. This is last year territory as well. This is the stuff the owners had to go out and try to do, break up dry saddle McDavid at points to see if they could spur more offense that way. But you know, like we've been saying, the bottom six are it's just a desert. I don't honestly I don't know. I mean, is it breaking up the Riley Sheehan Jujar Kara combo there? They're both big players. You need to have two bigger, albeit and probably slower guys. You need to inject some more speed there somehow. I mean, you're right. Not having Joachim Nygaard in the lineup, because he is a he is a speedy forward, that does handcuff you a bit. But he was playing top six. He wasn't down in the bottom six. No, he'd be on the second line probably. Neil would be back playing right wing and Nygaard would be playing left wing on the second line. Jason would be back on the third line. So I don't know. It's... You're right. You're just shuffling people if you're looking at bottom six guys. Yeah. You know. And it's, I mean, all they need to be pretty much thanks to that quick start of theirs is hang around 500 for the rest of the season and you're still right in that playoff mix. Be one you know, game over five points. So, I mean, it's not like they're asking them to, to be world beaters, just win every second game, which they can do. And it this formula is almost kind of sustainable. Like Dreisaitl and McDavid are so good that, you know, you're going to lose one out of every three games because they don't get any help, but you're probably going to win two out of every three games because, A, the level of competition around the league is is more concentrated at the top. There are a lot more teams, you know, from the middling level down where two superstar players can totally dominate and steal a game. I mean, 
that's almost the formula. Like get the other bottom six guys to just kill time until McDavid and the power play and, and Dreisaitl can can get you a couple of three goals. So that'll work during the season. And if they ever make the playoffs, they'll get rolled. There's no way that that works in, in a seven-game series where the tech checking is a lot tighter and you need production from everybody. But first things first, right? You know, get to the playoffs or get to that chase. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It's you, you find out about a team at about the 20-game mark, what they really are. And I still have some questions. I'm not really sure if, if this team is for real yet or if this stuff is sustainable. Uh, we'll, we'll find out soon enough because I think this next eight-game stretch is going to – where they're sitting at 20 games is who they are, I think, is what I'm trying to say. We're just talking about the forwards mostly here. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to find out because – you know, we all know what happened with Miko Koskinen last year on the goaltending side of things. I mean, he right now, he has got zero losses on his docket. Uh, he did go into the game yesterday um, against Florida to mop up for Mike Smith. Right now, he looks like he looks like the good Miko Koskinen from last year, the one that had, you know, someone to fall back on, the one, the one from before Christmas when the Oilers went on a bit of a run there after Hitchcock was hired. Mm-hmm. So it remains to be seen over a longer stretch of games what we do have in net long term. Right now, goaltending has been a difference for the Oilers. Yeah, well, he he was great at the start last year as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, this this a lot of things that we're seeing now are kind of just the exact same stuff that happened last year. They went seven two and one twice last season, right? So it's not like this team is incapable of getting on these really hot rolls and looking like they've got it figured out. And it's not like Koskinen can't get on a really hot roll and look like a all world goaltender, which, you know, a couple of things that we saw happen last season and they, and they missed the playoffs. So it's, it's, it's over the long haul. I think Koskinen just, you know, fatigue was a big factor. They played him way too much. Like they, that was the coach's fault. Like they're playing this dude. Well, I forget what the number was. It was like, 23 out of 25 games down the stretch and they're wondering, oh, how come he's not as sharp as he used to be? You know, I'll, I'll tell you. So, I mean, it, the two and two system seems to be working for him so far, although it's very early. Nobody should be tired yet. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, you know, in terms of the Oilers maintaining their streaks, well, that should that should be an interesting study as well. Well, you know, the whole mantra of not wanting to have more than one loss at a time, minimize yeah. your losing streaks. Like, you know, we don't want to have have that second loss. We want to, you know, I mean, that's unrealistic. It's going to happen, but you don't want to get into the already happened. It's Win- already happened. Winnipeg and Minnesota, they already lost. Sure. Them, but they did get a point in the one game. So I guess going two games in a row without a, without a point, but yeah, they're... The difference is they're beating the teams kind of that they're supposed to beat. Whereas last year, the team would come in here with a little bit tired and be below them in the standings and the Oilers would just, you know go full oiler and lose that game. Now they'll, they'll, you know, a weaker team will come in here, a team that Edmonton should beat and they'll beat them. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's not a world beater. It's nothing that you can, you know, a trophy that you'd hang on your mantle, but you've got those two points that you should have got against a weaker team. And that's a sign that you're kind of trending in a positive direction, but you know, it's, it's what you, it'll, I'm, it'll be fascinating to see what they do against Colorado and Calgary and, and some of those, you know, Vegas when they when they go into a stretch against some of the powerhouse teams and, and really reveal what they're all about. I think they yesterday's game was more of a trap game because they played Washington, came on and beat a really good team, and then they play Florida team. They're looking at going, oh, we can beat these guys, even though Florida came in, you know, 
points in seven straight games. So, and they played very tough teams. Yeah, they should probably really should have looked at a little little tighter and said, "Oh, we got to at least play good." And uh, the six-two. Sometimes you can lose six-two, and it's yeah, you know, it wasn't as bad as it looked. It was. They deserved to lose by four goals oh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I don't they should have been was... down a couple in the first. In yeah, the early they deserved to lose period. by four. So. And they're they're trailing every game they play now. It's like nine of twelve. They've they've been behind, and sometimes it's only one nothing. But you know, you can't. That's a bad sign too. Like that's that's a trend that won't last. That you're not coming back that often, that frequently. So again, that eight two and one is or eight three and one looks looks very nice. But boy, I'm I'm just wondering if it's a house of cards they're eight here. three and one and they've scored as they've almost it's almost a saw off in terms of goals for and goals against now you know because they lose six two yeah. so it's getting closer to and and you're right you know they've they've been behind in games for 195 minutes and been ahead 188 and yet they're five games over 500 so no, they've, you know, they've clawed their way to wins, even though they've been down in the games. Yeah. A couple of times they've scored in the final 90 seconds or whatever. That stuff doesn't happen all year long. It happens here and there, but it's not something that you... Uh, and that's and that's the sort of thing where, you know, my serum idea would come in great. He's, is it a mindset? I don't know. It's sports. You know, you can't explain why these things happen. The collective group somehow sagging or whatever. But if there was a serum, I'm sure everybody would use it. I think they'd just sit back and watch Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and think, you know, we don't have to do as much because we have two of the best players in the National Hockey League. So let's just, you know, stay out of the way and, and let those guys do it instead of saying, let's, you know, be a part of it instead of, I don't want to call them spectators because, you know, the PK is important and, and trying to saw off your shift so you don't get scored on is important because those were two things that were happening last year that were that were killing them. But you know, the owners yeah. aren't the only team with two all-world right. players. Yeah. And Pittsburgh's got at, two well, all-world hey, players. Look at Boston, that one line in Boston. They get two or three goals every game with Marchant and Pasternak and, and Bergeron. And they're way, they're, they're way over 500 because the one line's carrying them. So, but when you take a look at their roster, they still got some guys That's farther down it. the roster, you know, or can score some goals. DeBrusque and those guys are kicking. You know, I, I don't want to go back to the eighties and talk about Messi and Gretzky and, and that, that team, cause that's, that's totally different. I don't, I think the key to the owners is not their fourth line. They got a good enough fourth line, whoever they put on their fourth line to kill penalties and stuff. It's the third line in, in today's NHL that has to kick in some goals. It's, it's nine players now. It's not six. You need good players on the third line too. Well, even the second goals. line five on five too, right? Yeah, second line five on five. And if there's no five on five goals, then I mean, you think James Neal's going to get 10 goals every month? Probably not. Well, maybe he will. Maybe he'll get 50. Yeah, who knows? To keep. Uh, how much will that cost? <laughs> oh, wait, he's already locked he's, in. He's locked in. You don't have to worry about him. <laughs> That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to Oil Spills via Apple's podcast app or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you may access your podcasts. 